Welcome to uh, A Cock Abridged, a show in which we analyse with excruciating detail, chapter by chapter, the Game of Thrones books. We are up to Theon 1, A Clash of Kings, which is the first ever Theon Greyjoy chapter. So we, we are, for the first time, entering the mind of the squid to, 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 to find out what kind of cephalopod secrets lie inside Theon Greyjoy. Uh, and it's exciting because, like, we haven't we haven't seen a lot of Theon Greyjoy so far. Like, mostly we've just had like little mentions of Theon being in the background of a scene or doing one little thing or another. Uh, he's kicked a head. Uh, he's shot a wildling. But that's about as much as we got from Theon Greyjoy so far in the first book and at the start of the second book. So now we're going to really like plumb plumb the depths of the psychology of this troubled young man. Um, so we'll get into that in a sec. Housekeeping, I think we might rename this show. Currently, we're calling this a cockabridged because the second book of Game of Thrones is called The Clash of Kings. I think we might change it to just Game of Thrones abridged and we'll just like continue the numbering system of like the first bunch of like the first book of episodes. So instead of calling this a cockabridged 12, we'll call this Game of Thrones Abridged episode 85. Does that make sense? Because we're just continuing all the chapters we did in number one. So, like, benefit number one is that, like, people know what Game of Thrones Abridged is. Most people aren't familiar with a cock. Um, and it also means we get to hit the 100 episode mark at some point. So, like, that that would be exciting. And, and it means if, God forbid, we actually manage to, like, reach it to book three, we'll be able to, you know, just continue the, the numbering and the show instead of, like, calling it a saucer bridge or something, you know? Like, Kelly says, I love a cocker bridge. Me too. We'll still call it a cocker bridge in the show. Like, you know it's a cocker bridge. I know it's a cocker bridge. But I think, like, at least as far as titles are concerned, we'll call it Game of Thrones abridged. Does that make sense? Okay, that's boring though. We'll we'll probably make that change, but we'll probably we'll probably also upload like the eighty thousand old episodes, like the original run, to the podcast. Hopefully, and by the way, this is a podcast, so you know you you all can like that. There's a link in the description. You can subscribe to this as a podcast. You get the audio automatically on your phone, so you can. So, so, so it, all right, whatever, whatever. We're talking about squids. Damn it. Oh, and yeah, it has been a while since an episode, but someone sent, like, a nice email saying, like, Dear Sir, here are 15 reasons why you should make another episode. And I was like, okay, I can't, I can't say no. So we're here, we're a cocker bridging, let's begin. So, Theon Greyjoy. What do we know about Theon Greyjoy so far? Uh, he is, he is lean and he is dark. We know that because I swear to God, every time George describes Theon... In, in in the first book of Game of Thrones, he calls him lean and dark. A lean, dark, handsome youth. Actually, no, not handsome. He doesn't actually call him handsome in book one. Uh, but, but, but he's 19 years old, he's a teenager, and he's always laughing and joking, and he's often sniggering with derision. He's often laughing in a contemptuous fashion. Theon is uh, snide and he's cocky and he's he wants to feel superior. Um, and Jon Snow says he's an ass. He, he calls him an ass twice. Because um, the first time, like, you know, like the iconic, like, opening 
scene of Game of Thrones uh, when they execute the Night's Watch deserter Garrett. Like, you know that bit when Ned Stark chops off the bloke's head? Uh, In the book, after the head is chopped off, Theon Greyjoy kicks the head. Like, he has a little giggle and says, oh, that bloke's, he's, he's, he's popped his clogs. He kicks the man's head, which is generally considered a faux pas. That's considered a bit, a bit, a bit gauche by most, I think. Kicking heads. Um, so Theon, Theon's like not like a very likable guy, um, but we haven't really seen anything from his perspective. It's a little bit like um, Jamie Lannister. Uh, and especially in insofar as like it's different to the show, because like in the in 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 season one of the TV show, we do get a bit more humanization of Theon. Like we get to see his scenes with uh, Roz, and there's a scene with Osha, and like there's a scene with Tyrion, and like Theon. We get a, we see a lot more of Theon early on, and we get to understand his feelings of like resentment and feeling a bit left out and whatever. We get to understand him better earlier on, and it's the same with Jamie. In Game of Thrones season one, uh, like where Jamie talks with like Robert and Barristan about the war and about his trauma and like he's, and, and and there's all the conversations with Cersei. Like, like we, we see a lot more of like Jamie and Theon's perspective in season one. In book one, Jamie's just an arsehole. Like we don't get any of like his perspective, uh, let alone Cersei's. Um, and it's only in the later books that they really start to be fleshed out and humanized. And that's true of Theon as well. So we don't know much about Theon apart from he's, he's just this smiley, snide, sort of annoying teenager. He likes sex. He likes hunting. He's really enthusiastic about war. Like when Rob starts to become, uh, the, this, this battle leader and starts the war against the Lannisters, Theon is really keen to go out and kill Lannisters. And he says a a dead enemy is a thing of beauty. And he's, he's, he's all fucking rah 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 because he's an insecure teenager who really wants to like prove himself um and he's and he's a little bit of a cunt uh and he uses a longbow uh and yeah i think that's i think that's about as much as we know about theon Greyjoy. so let's find out more let's enter the squid the first chapter of theon one a clash of kings is there was no safe anchorage at pike and and context um so rob has started battling against the lannisters and rob has sent theon to go to the iron islands to make an alliance with the greyjoys uh because theon is of course the only surviving son of balon greyjoy the leader of the house greyjoy and the iron islands and uh, Theon was taken as a as a hostage, as a ward, to live with the Starks after Balon Greyjoy rebelled against King Robert back in the day, like uh, however long ago, like ten years ago. Um, and so Theon is caught between two families, the Greyjoys and the Starks. But 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 you know this. So there's no safe anchorage at Pike. Like Theon Greyjoy is coming back home to his old family home and his family, who he hasn't he hasn't been here for ten years. Um, and and. It's not a very warm homecoming. It's not as welcoming as he would like it to be. And that is indicated right at the very beginning uh, when we are told there is no safe anchorage at Pike. Uh, but nonetheless, Theon Greyjoy gets the ship that he's on to like take a, take a sightseeing pass, like to sail past Pike just to see like what's up, um, just to have like a look-see on his own old family home, even though he can't 
land there. The ship actually has to stop at like a different island. Um, so he's being very indulgent here. Like the captain of this ship, like shakes his head and curses the the follies of highborn lordlings. Like Theon's doing kind of a stupid thing because it's dangerous to sail this ship up close to Pike where they can't land. He's forcing everyone on the ship to take like a giant detour just so he can like see. It's like if you're on like a bus, like a public bus full of like a, a few dozen people, and you're like, oh, by the way, can we just like stop by stop by the Maccas? I want to pick up some nuggies. Like I know it's not on the bus route, but like I really want I really want a McCappy meal. Can we just like swing by swing by the McDees? Um, and then like everyone else on the ship has to like take an hour out of their day because you want to like go and go and get a a, a McNuggie. That that is what Theon is doing to everyone on the ship. So he's being he's 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 being selfish and indulgent and he's doing this you know, I mean, he's doing it for understandable emotional reasons. Like, he wants to see his home. He wants to see his home approach. Um, uh, just like he left his home ten years ago. This is of huge, like, you know, sentimental importance to Theon. Seeing his home again for the first time in a decade. It's understandable, but it's 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 indulgent. Do, doing something for such a personal emotional reason, um, when it's not necessarily, like, a, a very reasonable or strategical thing to do, which is the sort of stuff that Theon does. Like, later in this book, like, spoilers, when Theon captures the castle of Winterfell. That was, like, not a smart choice, as his sister Yara is very keen to point out to him. Um, but Theon did it anyway, because Winterfell has, like, huge personal, sentimental significance to Theon, because it's the, the, the place of this family, the Starks, who never quite accepted him. So, so Theon is a very sentimental guy who does things for not always the most rational of reasons, I think, and that's often his downfall. Um, so Theon is pulling up in the ship to arrive at Pike at the Iron Islands. Um, and he immediately starts thinking about the day that he was taken away from home 10 years ago. Uh, and he can remember like every detail, like he stood at the rail, he was listening to the stroke of the oars and the pounding of the drum while he watched Pike dwindle in the distance. Um, so Theon remembers like every detail of this event 10 years ago. He, he, he defines himself by this old grievance, I think. Like, this thing that happened to him, being taken from his home ten years ago, he is still so mad about that, and he feels like that totally defines who he is. It's that struggle between, like, being a Greyjoy and being a Stark and feeling like he's not loved and feeling like he doesn't have a family. That's Theon Greyjoy's whole deal. Um, he, he stands and he looks for home. Uh, and... Pike itself, the Iron Islands, are not the most welcoming uh, place. The, the shore is all sharp rocks and glowering cliffs. I love it when cliffs glower. Um, but it's all rock and it's all covered in bird shit and there's all green lichen up the walls. Um, and once, once upon a time... It's it's like this point of land. It's like this cliff that like that like protrudes out into the sea. That's like what Pike is. This giant rock that goes out, thrusts out like a sword. Um, and it used to be that this was like a, a whole sword. It was like a big old chunk of rock, big pointy ass, impressive bit of rock that pointed out into the ocean. Uh, but over time, as the waves hammered at it, eventually the land broke and shattered, and all that remains is three like separate islands. So it used to be like a whole piece of rock, but it's like broken up into like these pillars due to just the waves crashing at it for ages. Um, and I think the wording here is kind of interesting. Like it talks about 
the waves hammering until the land breaks, which is very reminiscent of the descriptions of the Hammer of the Waters, which is in ancient times when the children of the forest uh, brought down the Hammer of the Waters upon the neck and created like the, like the swamp of the neck. And it's also similar to when they broke the Arm of Dawn. Um, like, like Westeros used to be connected to Essos, but the children of the forest broke the land bridge to prevent, uh, more of the first men coming into Westeros. And, th- and they specifically use, use this, this, this wording of like the, the, wa- the hammer of the waters, um, breaking and shattering the land. Um, it's a lot of the same terminology, and so I think it's interesting that, like, that's used for the for the breaking of, like, Pike as well. Like, if you wanted to get conspiratorial about it, you could theorize that, hey, maybe the Children of the Forest had something to do with the state of the Iron Islands now. I don't think there's any evidence for that, but you could speculate. Um... And I think the other possible meaning of, like, the, the the pike being broken like this is that it indicates, like, the broken strength of uh, the Ironborn. Because, like, as Theon is going to tell us, like, the Ironborn used to be this proud, martial, angry Viking race that went out and conquered other places and took slaves and was raiding and reaving and raping. And they're no longer doing that because they've submitted to King Robert Baratheon and they've submitted to the Iron Throne. Um, the Ironborn is still very proud of like this 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 past power that they used to have, um, and 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 I think the fact that 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 Pike is physically like broken. It used to be a quote sword, and it's now broken. Um, so I, I I suspect that might symbolize the broken strength of the Ironborn. Okay, so now that was page one. We are on to page two. Uh, so Pike is dreared dark and forbidding which again is not the homecoming that you want like he isn't coming home to like you know his mum baking him a pie and everyone's thrown a party for him there's no like balloons at this homecoming there isn't there there's no bean bags all right this is a strict no bean bag zone because this is just broken rocks and salt and spikes and this is the way the ironborn party um and it's not what theon's expecting And that's not what Theon hoped for. Uh, And so we get a description of, like, how the island of Pike is set up. Pike is, of course, like, the main castle, like, the main home base of the Greyjoys, uh, and therefore, like, the capital of the Iron Islands, I suppose. Um, And we have a description of all the different buildings, the Great Keep and the Kitchen Keep and the Bloody Keep, all of which are on their own island. Uh, I mean, mean, the picture, if you're watching on YouTube, is, is good. Like, this is a whole bunch of, like, separate castles on separate islands, which, like, you know, architecturally, like, from, from, like, an occupational health and safety perspective, is fucking ludicrous, because you got to cross these, these bridges to get from, like, one building to another, like, if, 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 if you want to get a, you know, glass of water in the night, you got to cross this, like, crazy-ass swaying rope, Indiana Jones rope bridge, if you just, like, want to, want to go to the bathroom in the night, you know, um, because all these buildings are, are, are separate across the ocean, um, as, as Palon Greyjoy learns to his uh, detriment. But um, it's crazy. It's terribly unsafe. And, like, it describes how, you know, the, the sea tower, like, the furthest out building on Pike, the one that's jutting out furthest into the ocean, the pillar that it's on is half eaten through by the endless battering of the waves. So, so the water is continuing to, like, degrade and break down Pike. And it seems 
terribly unsafe to me. Like, like this is like li- this is like this is like living on a living on a nuclear bomb. This is like living in Megaton. Like, this is living in a, in a castle that could just fall down at any moment because it's it it's it's its foundations are being battered by the waves. So yeah, the, the Ironborn live in this precarious, or the Greyjoys live in this very precarious, foolhardy situation. Um and. Theon looks at the flags above the castle. Uh, he looks at the golden kraken of House Greyjoy on the flag, writhing and reaching against a black field. And Theon thinks that at least here, the direwolf of Stark does not fly above, casting its shadow on the Greyjoy kraken. So that's how Theon has felt, like, for the last ten years of his life. He's felt like living at Winterfell, being a hostage of the Starks, he's felt like the direwolf has cast a shadow over his kraken identity. And now he's cu- trying to come back to reclaim his Kraken identity as a Greyjoy, and to be the person who he believes he really is. He's never seen a more stirring sight, he says. Uh, and that red comet, that red comet is in the background. So, like, at the start of this book, there's been that 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 blazing red comet that everyone's interpreted uh, differently. Pretty much everyone has interpreted this comet as some kind of magical prophetic sign that they are about to have, like, a really great time. That's what, like, Melisandre said about Stannis. That's what, like, Daenerys said. Like, that's what, that's what uh, the Lannisters say. It's Lannister Crimson. Everyone's saying that this comet is good tidings for me, and Theon is no different. Uh, so Theon uh, has a, a letter that Rob Stark gave to him, and Theon thinks that it's paper as good as a crown, because Theon is uh, because because Rob agreed that if Theon can get the Greyjoys to make an alliance with the Starks. Um, King Rob is happy to let the Iron Islands become their own independent kingdom if they help fight the Lannisters. So that way, the the Starks in the north will be independent, and the Greyjoys of the Iron Islands will be independent. And Theon figures that he will get to be the king of the Iron Islands, because Theon is the rightful heir of Balon Greyjoy, uh, the current king. And Balon's getting on, uh, and Balon does not have the greatest like self-preservation instincts, so Theon figures that he will inherit the throne of the Iron Islands after him. So, so He's not only going home to, like, reclaim his homeland, he's going home to claim a throne. He wants to be the king of the Iron Islands, uh, which, as we soon learn, is not very realistic. Uh, So there's this woman, the captain's daughter, who comes and holds Theon's hand as they approach the castle. Um, And the traders, the captain's daughter is on this like trading ship. The the ship they're on is called the Miraham. uh, And they're carrying wine and cloth and seed to trade for iron ore. Because apparently like the main economic output of the Iron Islands is iron ore. And, you know, I'm I'm no doctor of e- 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 econometrics, but I suspect that, like, when your entire economy is pulling rocks out of the ground, like, that's, that's a finite resource, no? Like, there's only so long you can do that before you need to start doing something else to make money. And I suspect that's part of why the Ironborn are so big on raiding and reaving and taking shit from other countries, is that they, they don't have much else to produce on their islands. All they can do is pull out rocks which is not very fun um so that's 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 that so the iron islands are reliant on trade to get like all these other materials um and so the captain of the ship the father of this daughter is unhappy about getting so close to pike uh because this is like a big fat trading ship like it's totally it's totally like not suited to like like 
sailing nimbly around these rocks and stuff. But Theon has insisted on, because he wants to see his home castle. So again, he's being very indulgent and ridiculous in doing this, I think. All right, we're back. We had some kind of connection problem, but we're just going to keep on rolling. Sorry about that technology. Sucks. All right, uh, so we were talking about Theon Greyjoy on his ship, the Miraham. He's returning back to Pike. Uh, we had a connection problem, now we're back. Okay, so... Uh, Iron Islands, they make a lot of ore. Miraham is not very good for dodging around rocks. Theon's being uh, a bit of an idiot with uh, sailing in towards Pike because this fat old trading ship is, like, not at all, like... It, it's not an ironborn longboat. Like, it's not good at this sort of thing. Uh, but Theon's insisting on going uh, by Pike anyway. Uh, the Miraham has to struggle mightily to keep itself off these rocks. Wouldn't it be funny... Wouldn't it be funny if, like, Theon just died? Like, wouldn't it be funny if this ship just... just <laughs> this ship just broke on the rocks of Pike because of Theon's... Uh, uh, dumb-headed ins- decision insistence to like sail by pike that would be that would be uh uh honestly probably better off for theon rather than going through all the shit that he goes through that's the thing about theon like theon is a pretty obnoxious guy like he's pretty dislikable in a lot of ways um but I don't think anyone would think that he deserves what happens to him later on when he becomes reek, when he becomes abused by Ramsay. So it's sort of this weird thing of like, you know, Th- Theon might not be super likable, but it's also hard not to feel sorry for him, uh, at least later on. But 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 yeah, I mean, I guess we'll get to that. Um, and so Theon is hooking up with this girl, the captain's daughter, the, the daughter of the captain who's uh, sailing the ship. Um, and the captain's daughter says, man, that, that sure looks like a shitty house you got there, Theon. Um, she, she's not feel, she's not loving the whole look of Pike. Um, and Theon says, yeah, you know, the Iron Islands, it's windy and cold and damp. It's a miserable, hard place, but you know what? Hard places breed hard men and hard men rule the world. And he talks about, like, the history of the Ironborn and how Ironborn captains are proud and willful and for years they used to conquer over Westeros and, you know, Ironborn never bend the knee and it's tough men and men make crowns and it's all rah, rah, rah and Theon's going on about how tough Ironborn are and, like, the implication being... Theon thinks he's a big, tough, ironborn man as well. He wants to claim his crown. It's men who make crowns. Theon thinks he's this hard, tough guy. But, of course, you know, he hasn't been here for ten years. You know, Theon Theon kind of isn't ironborn in, in a lot of ways. Like, as we learn throughout this chapter, Theon has forgotten a lot of, like, what ironborn culture is. He's And, and, and so, like, walking up here and thinking he can just, like, step right back into, like, what it means to be an ironborn is ridiculous, um, as his family is about to tell him. Um, so... They talk about the history of the Ironborn, um, and Theon talks about, you know, oh, you know, if we had an Ironborn longship, you know, we could be sailing around these rocks like, you know, like nothing else. We could be doing pirouettes and special moves for style points. Like, this would be like Tony Hawk Pro Skater 3, but in a longship, we'd be doing, like, ollies across the ocean around Pike. Around all these dangerous rocks, we'd be doing, like, kickflips. Be great. Um, he's really excited about how great like like Ironborn longships are, but of course they're in this uh, they're in this fat old trader ship called the Miraham, uh, which which Theon describes as a wallowing tub. 
which is therefore not suited to to bounce around the rocks. But 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 like but like you know Theon. Theon here, I think, is likening himself to an ironborn longship. He's trying to relate himself to the hard, tough, ironborn thing. But I think the truth is, Theon, is that is is that Theon is more of a wallowing tub than he is a longship. The- Theon is not suited to this hard place. He is not this tough guy. He is this, like, rich, fancy, fat fella who's been, like, chilling in a castle for ten years, dressed up in all these nice doublets. Like, Th- Theon is more wallowing tub than Longship, in my opinion. Um, And so Theon puts his arm around the captain's daughter and tells the captain, we'll be below in my cabin. So Theon Theon is... He's put his arm around this guy's daughter and he said, hey, I'm just going to pop downstairs to fuck your daughter. Um, And to add insult to insult, uh, he's doing it in the captain's cabin. Uh, Like Theon thinks that, you know, the cabin was originally the captain's. But since Theon is highborn, he just like took over this guy's room. So Theon just waltzed onto the Miraham, took the captain's cabin, took the captain's daughter, and now he's telling the captain to his face, "Hey, I'm just going to take your your daughter downstairs for a for a for an old ironborn hump," um, which is an incredibly obnoxious thing to do. I mean, I mean, I mean, it's one thing to do that, but it's another thing to specifically enjoy the captain's discomfort. Theon says that it's amusing watching the captain struggle to swallow his outrage. So Theon not only like is 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 being incredibly rude and obnoxious, uh, he is enjoying making the captain feel uncomfortable. So so that's I think Theon's most like dislikable quality is that he's constantly like belittling people and like trying to make himself feel superior by making other people suffer to some extent. Um, and so that's pretty horrible. Um, and Theon, uh, so Theon has sex with the captain's daughter. Uh, and he describes her... It's a bit like a food description, actually. Um, Theon says that the girl is a shade plump for his taste, with skin as splotchy as oatmeal. So, that I mean, that's a very food-based description of a body, isn't it? Plump, taste, and splotchy. I think George Martin is doing food descriptions even when he's doing uh, uh, human body descriptions. Um, so, so Theon, you know, studies her in like a kind of dehumanizing way. Like he's kind of just describing, you know, just like the physicality of her body and saying that oh, he he finds her diverting. Like, like that's sort of all she is to him. Um, and uh, he undresses her and. She asks about his history, and he explains how he was he was ten years old when he was taken to Winterfell. He feels like he was a hostage, but now his life is his own again. Um, and Theon thinks that the captain's daughter is stupid, but Theon had never required a woman to be clever. So Theon, in his like in his dalliances with women, he's not looking for someone who he likes or connects with or who challenges him or who is like an interesting person. Theon is looking for just like dumb people to have sex with. And I think part of that is Theon wanting to feel superior. Theon wants to feel unchallenged. Theon wants to feel better than people because that's the way that he like emotionally uh, compensates for feeling alone and not accepted. Um, which is, uh, an unfortunate way to be. Um, and so, yeah, Theon again describes of how, like, 
tough the Iron Islands are, or like, ooh, the islands are stern and stony places, scant of comfort and bleak of prospect. Death is never far here. So he's going like, like full on grimdark. He's going like, yeah, you know, Ironborn's fucking bad, man. There's like sea gods out to get you. Gotta break rocks. It's so, you know, ooh, it's tough. And of course, Theon is so goddamn soft. Like, Theon's talking about like, oh, you know, there's no comfort on the Iron Islands. But like we later describe, you know, Theon's very, um, Theon demanding like a, a more comfortable room and he wants his rushes changed and he wants all his blood and he's wearing all his nice clothes. Theon is a goddamn wallowing tub. Okay, wallowing tub. Uh, and yes, Hixian, we are live. Uh, we did have a technical difficulty before. We missed uh, missed a few minutes, but uh, the we we captured all the audio for the podcast. So if you missed anything, you, you can you can go subscribe to the podcast at the top of the, the description. Uh, and the, all the audio will be there. Okay. Um, and so Theon is, is an idiot, basically, is what we're trying to say. Theon thinks that he's tough, but he's really a wallowing tub. Um, and, and, and Theon thinks, the stupid girl did not seem to be listening. And then the girl asks about, like, oh, you know, can I come ashore with you? Can I, like, work in the kitchens? Can I, like, be your companion? Can I be, like, your paramour? Um, and Theon's like, oh, this stupid girl isn't listening to my dissertation on the culture and economics of the, of the Iron Islands. Um, and, and Theon calls that stupid, which is, which is hilarious. Because, what, like, like, it is completely, like understandable and, like, strategic for the captain's daughter right now to be trying to, like, better her station. Like, that's what she's doing now. She's saying, like, hey, is there some way I can leverage this, this, this entanglement I have with this highborn idiot? And can I, um, use this to improve my life in some way? Like, can I become, like, can I work in the kitchen of a highborn lord instead of being stuck on this trading ship with my father? She's, she's, like, angling to try and make her life better instead of listening to Theon's, like, sex position about, about Ironborn culture. Because this is classic sex position, by the way, because they, ha- they start having sex, and while they're having sex, Theon is going on about, like, oh, you know, we eat salt cod and porridge on the Iron Islands, and back in the day we had salt wives and rock wives and blah, 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 blah. Um, so, so Theon's, like, doing a whole thing while he's having sex. Um, well, specifically while, while the captain's daughter is blowing him. Um, and then, and then Theon, uh, Theon comes just as he's describing the day he's going to be king. Uh, so it's made very clear, like, what is making Theon excited. Like, what really turns Theon on, uh, is not the captain's daughter so much as, uh, feeling superior, feeling in charge, and thinking that he's going to be king of the world. Um, so, yeah, not, not, not a super likable guy. And by the way, we do, we do indeed get a food description in here. We not only get the description of the salt cod and porridge that the Ironborn eat, the captain's daughter insists that she makes an excellent pepper crab stew, and therefore she should be allowed to cook in Theon's kitchen. Um, <laughs> and, and the pepper crab, by the way, is an extremely, uh, rare and endangered species of crab at this point. It's one of the, uh, World Wildlife Foundation's, uh, most endangered animals. Um, but, but if you can get your hands on one, like, sustainably sourced, of course, I would recommend eating a pepper crab, um, because those guys are delicious. Um, so anyway, so yeah, they're having sex and they're talking, um, and the captain's daughter wants to try and get a spot in Theon's household. Um, and they have sex and 
yeah, the drowned god made the ironborn to reeve and rape and to take slaves and to take them down to the Valyrian slave mines. It's it's interesting that so apparently the ironborn of old um they used to capture slaves and they used to bring them down to their mines to the, to like mine the iron ore down in the Iron Islands, which is, like, the most terrible job that no one would ever want, which is, which is like, the same thing that the uh, Valyrian Empire did back in the day. They captured slaves and they made them work under the 14 flames. So, kind of interesting similarity there. Um, but, yeah, they talk about how this old way of, like, ironborn supremacy, it was, it was ended by Aegon Targaryen, Aegon the Dragon, uh, when he when he burned Harrenhal and, like, gave the Riverlands back to the Riverlanders. Because the Ironborn used to own the Riverlands. They, like, conquered a big chunk of Westeros. Uh, but that's, that, that, that's no longer the case, yet the old red tales are still told. Um, so they've got, like, so the Ironborn, like, idealized this, like, violent, dominant past of when the Ironborn ran everything. Um... Uh, they got like this, this, this nationalistic, like you know, we're gonna reclaim our old heritage, which is which is obviously like a very real thing that lots of countries have. Lots of countries like have some idealized like history of like remember when we used to rule the world and when we were the most powerful empire in the world, and they and they and they sort of want to reclaim that in some way. Um, they wanted to bring back the old way. That's that, that's why Balon Greyjoy rebelled against Robert. 10 years ago in the Greyjoy Rebellion. He wanted to make the Iron Islands great again, um, which, spoiler, didn't work out because Bobby B and Ned and, like, everyone else came and came down on him like a hammer. Um, and... And and that seems that seems like a poor idea, doesn't it? Because because like the, the, there's a I mean, I mean we see it more in the King's Moot in Book Four when we have like this contrast between like a new way of doing things and like the old way of doing things. And like some of the Ironborn want to like resurrect this like old history of like how they see the Ironborn, and the and some other people want to create like a different future for the Iron Islands. Like like Yara wants to or oh, sorry Asher rather wants to like change things up a bit um and and i dare say the whole like we do not sow thing like it doesn't seem like a sustainable uh long-term way to run the country anyway um so theon says this is the season i am the man i will succeed i will be king and like that's the moment where he climaxes uh so that's that's what gets theon off um i i think you know i think the thing is like it's 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 not it's not it's not a, it's not a crazy thing for a teenager to like dream of ruling the world, right? Like that's that that's not an uncommon thing. Like like you know, like you know, are we really criticizing a teenage teenager here for like, you know, liking sex and power? Like that's not exactly new, is it? I think what's really fucked up is that this feudalistic society encourages and enables those like teenage fantasies to the point where whole wars are fought for them. Like I don't think there's anything wrong with like ambition necessarily but there's something wrong with a society where like teenage ambition leads to the deaths of thousands which is like you know you know young rob stark and and and, and you know tywin lannister like the whole sort of like that aristocratic like powerful mentality of wanting to rule the world like that that, that that's that seems like such a childish thing but it's something that is that is institutionalized like by the feudalistic system right and like in, in theon we are watching like someone who is very much a kid, you know, who's who's being sort of like, you know, set up by this feudalistic system to think that it's reasonable to rule the world. And it doesn't work out for him. But like there are others for whom it does work out, like Robert Baratheon or whatever, you know? And in the long term, that's that's not really good for anyone, is it? 
Um, Joshua Smith in the in the chat says that I would imagine the amount of calories burned stealing and raiding all your food would wind up being a deficit. Yeah, well, that's, yeah, I mean, that's a good point, Joshua. And to clarify, like, I don't think the Ironborn are, like, straight up using Westeros as a pantry. Like, they're not, like, sailing to Westeros and stealing a granary every time they need some Weetabix. Um, they, they what, what they do is they capture, like, slaves in Westeros, and then they take them back to the Iron Islands, and they do force their slaves and stuff to farm on the Iron Islands. And farming is really shitty on the Iron Islands because the land is crap and it's cold and it's and it's blah blah blah. Uh, so they force like slaves to like to like scratch at the land, or they used to. And now I think it's mostly just like poor Ironborn who have to farm on the Iron Islands. But like also, you know, they captured the fertile Riverlands not so long ago, and so they were they were using like the harvest of the Riverlanders to eat off and so on. So like, yeah, um, that's that's how they get food. Okay, um, so. Uh, they have sex, and and Theon thinks about how, ooh, you know, the sea means so much to him because he's a real ironborn, and the sea means freedom and blah, blah, blah. It, the, the beating of the waves is as familiar as the beating of his own heart. Uh, I, fo- I had forgotten that, he thinks, but I must remember. So it's like... Theon is telling himself that he's a real Ironborn and, like, he knows he knows the beating of the ocean as well as his own heartbeat. Like, he's telling himself that he's got some, like, deep connection to Ironborn culture, but I think he's kidding himself. Like, like he's just telling himself that because he wants to believe that he is, like, part of the Ironborn family and part of, like, he'll get Ironborn power when that's not really the case. Um... Yeah, as Shiera in the chat says, this is the first time that Theon is able to feel any kind of power, and it's not a, and it's not any real power. It's just fantasizing. Yeah, that that's what this is. Um, uh, so someone in the chat says, "Alt shift." If you know so much about Game of Thrones, why don't you name one book? I can't. I can't name. I I don't. I can't think of any. You got me there, uh, Julian. I can't read the thing. Anyway, uh, so the captain daughter, the captain's daughter, begs Theon, um, "Take me with you, my lord. I'll, I'll like. I don't even need to work in the in the kitchen. Just take me to like uh, the nearby town, and I can be your salt wife." And like she's like, I don't know to what extent. Like you know, maybe the captain's daughter is like legitimately like feeling like emotionally invested in Theon. She feels like Theon is like her best hope of like having a decent life. I like. I don't know if the captain's daughter really believes that Theon cares about her because he's being like obviously pretty like cold um maybe to some extent she actually like feels some like misplaced affection for him or maybe it's more of a strategic thing and she wants to like improve her station it's not super clear like like what the captain's daughter is thinking at this point we don't we also don't know how old she is like like i think theon mentions that like oh he was surprised that she was a virgin based on her age so she can't be too young i suppose um but but the captain's daughter is begging theon to like take her back to pike with him and theon is saying nah my place is pike and yours is on this ship um and then the captain's daughter's like but like you're really screwing me over here because uh the cap my father the captain he's gonna punish me he's gonna call me names and hit me um, so the captain's a cunt, and he is going to treat his daughter badly because uh, she had sex with Theon, even though she had no choice in the matter, 
Probably. I, I mean, like, Theon does say that, like, the captain's daughter came willingly because, you know, he just whispered some nice words and gave her wine, um, which is all very, like, Theon is sort of flattering himself there. But, like, the captain's daughter would probably have had to have submitted to Theon's desire whether she wanted to or not, because uh, that's the kind of society that they're living in. Um, so, like, Theon's flattering himself by saying that, oh, you know, she came willingly, I think. And now the captain's daughter is in this terrible position of, um, the captain, her father is going to treat her badly, she thinks, because of this. So, she's between a rock and a hard place, um, and she's saying, please take me to the islands, because that's, like, my best hope of, like, an actually decent life. But Theon's like, "Mm, nah. Theon's totally cold, totally unsympathetic. He just says that, well, you know, with the number of times I've fucked you, you're probably gonna have a kid. And, you know, it's a, it's a big honor to, uh, to have a king's bastard. Your father should be glad, because he'll get to raise a king's bastard. So, Theon's being incredibly, like, cruel and cold here. And he leaves her on the ship. And and I think the irony here is that like Theon is saying Theon is saying like, oh, you're going to be rejected by your father. You're going to be rejected by your home. Well, I don't care. And the irony is that Theon is about to be rejected by his father, Balon, and he's about to be rejected by his homeland. So like I think there's a this is a deliberate like parallel where like Theon has put the captain's daughter in a position of being rejected by her family and home, and now Theon is about to feel what that's like. So Theon is getting his comeuppance within this very chapter, I think. Um, He's about to be rejected just like the captain's daughter is. Uh, So they approach uh, this town of Lordsport, which is this other Iron Islands town, um, and they notice that, like, back in the day, this whole area was, like, destroyed by Robert Baratheon in, in, uh, in the Greyjoy Rebellion, um, but most of it's been rebuilt. Like, this used to be a smoking wasteland, but now few traces of the war remain, um, and they've built a new castle, a new inn, like, the, the old inn was destroyed, and now the new inn is twice the size of the old one. So I think this is a nice, like, iron y thing, because, um, because they got destroyed, they got beaten down in the Greyjoy Rebellion, but then they rose again harder and stronger. That's what happened. Like, they, th- that's what happens with the Ironborn. They get beaten down, but they always get back up again. And that's what they did symbolically and architecturally after the Greyjoy Rebellion. Um... There used to be a sept here, like a like a, a temple of the faith of the seven, uh, but it got destroyed uh, during Robert's rebellion, and they never rebuilt the sept. Uh, so Robert Baratheon's fury soured the Ironborn's taste for the new gods. It would seem. Uh, and they noticed some like traders and stuff hanging out of the Iron Islands, including an Ebenese cog. Uh, and, and, and you'll know that, like, the Ibanese are, like, Neanderthals, right? Like, the Ibanese are, like, they seem to be, like, a separate, like, subspecies of human, like, because they can't reproduce with ordinary humans, and, like, the, their whole bodies are, like, like very different. They're, like, squat and hairy and stuff. So, like, I, I think they're cavemen, which is kind of wild. Uh, and Theon notices that there's, like, 50 or 60 big long ships parked outside Lord's Port, um, and he's a bit sort of unsettled by that. Like, he's thinking, like, oh, so does this mean that my father Balon has, like, gathered all of the uh, all of the banners like he's he, he's gathered the banners and he's going to like start a war or something like what is Balon planning why is he gathering all his ships uh Shira says do we see that cog later on in the chat um 
we yeah, we do see several Ibanez cogs. I don't know if it's the same one. I suspect there's more than one, but hey, I don't know, maybe it's the same. It, it would be funny if we could like pu- like piece together like this little sub-narrative of like Ibanez traders just like hanging out. Like maybe you can connect all, all the places that we see them and maybe there's some kind of narrative happening. Anyway, um, so Theon's a bit unsettled that like all the ships have been called uh, because Theon thinks again, this is Theon's hour. This is my plan, my glory, my crown. Um, he's really sucking his own dick here. Um, and so he's a bit disturbed that Balon might be trying to make a play uh, on his own. Um, but Theon thinks, nah, like, you know, he's probably just being cautious. I don't think Balon's trying to start a war because old men are cautious by nature. Um, and that's a hilarious misreading of Balon Greyjoy because Balon is not a cautious man, I wouldn't say. If he was uh, cautious, he would probably uh, live a lot longer than he does. Um, well, that again, he does sort of win the War of the Five Kings because, you know, Renly dies and Stannis dies and everyone dies before him. So, you know, maybe... Well, no, Stannis survives. Anyway, um, so they land at the at Lord's Port and Theon's thinking, ah, you know, who's, who's going to welcome me when I, when I come back home? Is there going to be an honor guard? Am I going to see Dagmar Clefjaw? Is my father going to be here? Is my mother going to be here? Like, what kind of, like, party are they throwing for my arrival? Um, and as it turns out, there is no party. There's no streamers. Um, there's just a bunch of fisher folk standing around, and there's some priest walking around with some horses, and there's a slattern leaning out of a window, and there's some Ibanese sailors. Like, apparently no one has come to greet him. So Theon is a bit deflated and disappointed that there's no homecoming party. Um, and and no one seems to recognize who Theon is. Um, like, he he's, you know, the prince of the Iron Islands. He's the heir to Pike. Like, he's expecting a whole lot of attention and adoration. None of it comes. Um, and so <laughs> they, they do not know who he is. Theon thinks. And so his response to like this this disappointment is to start barking at people. Um, without waiting for a reply, he says, Innkeep, I require a horse. So so we sort of see in a very direct way how like Theon's like rudeness and obnoxiousness is like a very like direct reaction to his feelings of like disappointment and, and not having attention. Um he had forgotten how bold the ironborn could be. That he, he, he like over and over in this in this chapter, it uses this like motif of like of like forgetting and remembering he's always remembering things and talking about the things he forgot which i think connects to uh the sort of meme in a dance with dragons when um when theon keeps thinking you have to remember your name your name is reek so like it's like memory is tied to identity in theon's arc he's always trying to remember who he is in this case he's trying to like remember being an ironborn but that doesn't exactly do- doesn't exactly work out, does it? Um, so he gets off the ship and uh, he gets a guy to carry his bags to Pike, uh, and then this priest turns up, and this priest arrives, and all the small folk bend the knee and they murmur damp hair, and uh, and Theon finds out that this this priest guy is his uncle Aaron. Um, uh, which is not how he remembered Aaron. Aaron used to be like this drinker and someone who laughed and and he, and he loved ale and women. But Aaron, some time back, he like drowned and then he got like reborn from the sea and he became a drowned priest. Um, so this is not this is not the homecoming Theon was wanting. 
Um, but this is the person who's going to take him to Pike. And yeah, in the TV show, it is Asher pretending to be uh, some woman called Esgred in the show. Uh, but in the books, it's just Aaron who takes uh, Theon to Pike. And then we get the Asher-Esgred thing later on. That happens later. So anyway... Um, so we get this description of Aaron Dampere, and Aaron is tall and thin with fierce black eyes, and his and his mottled robes are green and grey and blue, the swirling colours of the drowned god, and there's dried seaweed braided through his hair, which all sounds very lovely, but, like, can you imagine what that would smell like? Like, seaweed is pretty rank at the best of times. How often do you think Aaron changes his his seaweed. How often do you think he's shampooing his locks? Which, by the way, like, go down to, like, the small of his back. I would, I would not want to smell Aaron Dampere, is all I'm saying. Um, and so Theon has more memories of, like, what Aaron used to be like, and, uh, Aaron is very sort of curt, and just says that, like, oh, you know, nephew Theon, uh, your father told me to take you to Pike. Come along. So, so, so there's no like, oh, my dear Theon, it's so good to see you again. It's been ten years. It's just, yep, get over here, kiddo. We're taking you to taking you to the castle. That's all it is. No warmth. Uh, none of the affection that Theon wants. Just, 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 just business. It's all business. Okay, so. Um, the captain's daughter has another go at saying, oh, Theon, please, please, you know, my lord, take take me to Pike, please. Uh, but Theon steps aside and says, no, nope, see ya. <laughs> um, so he's, he's, he's cruel and cold with this captain's daughter, just like Dampere is cruel and cold with him. I think this is a very, like, deliberate thing that George Martin is doing. Like, Theon is treating the captain's daughter badly, just as Theon's own family is treating him badly. It's like this, you know, generational dysfunction thing that's happening, you know? Th Theon, Theon feels that he's been mistreated, and so he mistreats others, and that's how, like, bad behavior gets, like, passed down, right? Um... So, he goes off towards Pike with Aaron, um, and Theon's like, oh, I was really hoping that there'd be, you know, a party, like, at least some cake, um, but Aaron's like, it is not for you to question the demands of the Lord Reaper of Pike. So, you know, Aaron is, like, super, like, just cold and, like, all business and no bullshit, um, and Theon's like, well, alright, so why are all these ships here? And Aaron's like, why are long ships ever hosted? So, Aaron keeps, like, answering questions with questions and just being, like, this annoying fucking priest. He just answers everything with, like, some, like, priestly platitude. Um, and all Aaron wants to know from Theon is, like, do you pray to the wolf gods now? Like, are you a Stark now? Are you a little wolfling? Or are you a real Ironborn? That's what Aaron wants to know. And spoiler, Theon does not convince Aaron that he's a true blue Ironborn. Um, Theon, Theon thinks that he seldom prays at all, he's not really religious, uh, but that's not something you confess to a priest. So he's like, oh, no, nah, I'm Ironborn, sure, drowned god, yeah, I know him. Um, and so Aaron says, kneel, or are you too proud now, a lordling of the Green Lands? Um, so Theon tries to convince Aaron that, like, yeah, he's, 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 he's true blue, dinky die, ironborn, uh, and Theon figures that a crown is worth a little mud and horse shit, and so he kneels in the mud, uh, and Aaron pours the, the, the flask full of salt water over his head, and he blesses him with salt and stone and steel. Um, and Theon, who was, like, literally just saying, like, oh, you know, the, uh, my, my heart 
beats with the beating of the waves, and oh, the sea means freedom, and I'm a tough, hard ironborn. But when, but when the seawater is poured over his head, it's all he can do not to cry out. The salt water makes his eyes burn, and he shivers when it goes down his back, like like a little splash of salt water. And Theon's like, oh, it's too much for me. When he was just saying, I'm such a hard, salty ironborn. So um. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Uh, And Theon says, What is dead may never die, Theon said, remembering. So they keep on, like, hammering this, like, remembrance theme. Um, So Theon's like, All right, good. I've been been christened. Uh, Great. What's news on the Iron Islands? Uh, And Aaron says... Uh, Aaron says, men fish the sea, dig in the earth, and die. Women birth children in blood and pain, and die. Night follows day, the wind and tides remain. So he's like, like super, like hard ass, like apocalypto grimdark priest. And Theon's like, Theon's just trying to say, like, hey, like, what's news, Unky? Like, what happened while I was gone? What did I miss, pal? And Aaron's just like, oh, our islands are as our god made them, you know. So like, he's not a great conversationalist, and he's not the sort of like welcoming uncle that you want, especially when this was like the fun uncle. Like, like Balon was always a hard ass. Euron was crazy. Victoria. Theon's just like a warrior guy. Aaron seems like he was sort of the closest to Theon's personality because Aaron liked drinking and partying and women. So like, like imagine if Theon got to come home and like Aaron was still the way he used to be. Um, but that's that's not what he gets. He gets this 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 hard ass priest. He learns that his mother is living on Harlaw because she's a bit sick. Um, and Balon is on Pike, so they go on a Pike. Um, and Theon notes that Black Wind is the name of his sister Ash's ship, and Grey Wind is the name of Rob Stark's wolf. And so Theon says, Stark is grey, and Greyjoy is black, but it seems we're both windy. Which I, I find just so fun, as just such, such a wonderfully, like, absurd and, like, like out of tone line and the priest has nothing to say to that and and I guess that's just another way of um highlighting the difference and and the distance between Theon and Dampere and between Theon and his ironborn you know culture like Theon calls himself an ironborn but he's really just like this impetuous teenager who's been living in the north like he's not he's not an ironborn um and Dampere describes the way he's changed. Like, Dampere acknowledges that he used to be young and vain, but he says that the sea washed my follies and my vanities away. That man drowned, and now he's a new man. Um, and Theon thinks, oh, this, this guy's mad, my uncle's gone mad. But it's funny because that is kind of what happens to Theon later on. Like, Theon at the moment is young and vain, but but soon his follies and his vanities will be washed away, just like Dampere's was. Because, like, when Theon gets captured by Ramsay, his personality is similarly, you know, rebuilt. He, he becomes a different person. A much more broken, terrible, vulnerable, awful person. Uh, but, but he does change, like Dampere does. Uh, but Theon is not capable of understanding that kind of change as yet. Um, and so... 
Uh, and so Dampere refuses to, like, discuss details of, like, the, the ships and the war with Theon. And Theon gets really mad. He feels like he's he's being treated like a child. Um, and, he, and he, like, brags about, like, oh, you know, I've led men in war. I've hunted with a king. I've fought in the Whispering Wood with Rob. I've bedded more girls than I can name. You know, as though, like, Dampere would be impressed that Theon's, like, slept with a couple of, like, Winterfell, uh, slatterns, quote-unquote. I am heir to Pike in the Iron Islands. And Aeron just says, eh, we shall see. And that really kind of scares Theon, because it, because it becomes apparent that, like, Asher, Theon's older sister, is being considered as a potential heir to Pike ahead of Theon. And Theon is, like, outraged by that, because Theon's like, well, I'm the eldest male heir, I should rightfully be uh, the king. Um, but Aeron's like, well, maybe Asher will instead be the ruler. Like, your, your, your legacy's not secure. And that threatens everything that Theon, Theon came here for. Theon desperately wants the crown. Theon de- desperately wants acknowledgement and power and status. And if his sister takes that ahead of him, Theon would be, and will be, uh, very, very bloody upset. Thank you very much, Angela Smith, for the super chat. Um, so Aaron said, uh, and so, and so Theon says, I will not be cheated of my rights. I warn you. Um, and Dampere is not impressed. Dampere says, you warn a servant of the drowned god boy. You have forgotten more than you know. And you're a great fool if you believe Balon Greyjoy will hand these holy islands over to a Stark. Now be silent. The ride is long enough without your magpie chatterings. Which is so great. Like, I love that, you know, it reinforces the forgetfulness and remembering theme with Theon. And it also, like, accuses Theon of, of magpie chatterings. Which, which is a great, like, callback to the captain's daughter. And how Theon accused the captain's daughter of, of dumb prattling. You know, now Theon is the dumb prattler. You know, he, he the, the boot is on the other foot. It's exactly that situation of, like, you know, Theon... Theon treats people bad, and now he gets treated bad, and it's this whole sort of just vicious cycle of, of, of just people being terrible to each other that Theon is trapped in. Um, and, and Theon thinks, oh, you know, Aaron calls me a Stark, as if ten years in Winterfell could make me a Stark. And, like, he, he says that, you know, uh, derisively, but it's also, like, this bitter thing of, you know, Theon... Theon wishes that the last ten years in Winterfell made him a Stark. That's Theon's whole problem. Like, like, like his problem is that, you know, he's trying to be an Ironborn because he feels rejected by the Starks, but he gets rejected by the Ironborn because they think he's a Stark, you know? So, so he, he just gets totally, like, stuck in between these two families, neither of which will accept him. And, and that's really the crux of all of Theon's pain. Um, and Theon thinks about how he's never been one of them. Uh, Ned did raise Theon among his own children, but Theon had never felt accepted. Um, even the bastard Jon Snow had been accorded more honour than he had. Um, and Jon was always sullen, and, like, they never got along. And, and I always think it's so sad that, like, Theon and Jon didn't get along, because they are in very similar situations. They have very similar feelings. Like, they both feel like they're out of place, and they're rejected. And, and, and they're in, like, this similar sort of, like, limbo of, like, not quite being accepted so like you would have think that they could have gotten along but uh but but alas schubert in the chat asks who is theon's mum does she make any appearances so she's chilling she's chilling on um 
on what island? I just said Harlow. And she's sick. And we, we do have a scene of Asher visiting uh, her mum on Harlow, I believe. I don't think I don't think Theon meets her. Um, what, what's her name again? It's it's yeah. I forget. I forget what. Theon's mum's name is someone say in the chat but yeah I, I believe we do see her in an Asher chapter um so Theon thinks about oh you know oh, I never really had a father in Winterfell because Ned you know I was mostly just scared of Ned and you know Catelyn was just yeah Alanis I think that might be it Alanis with a Y I think Shira um and no one treated me well in Winterfell, and, like, you know, Catelyn was really distant and suspicious, um, and, and, and he sort of, like, criticizes all the other people around him, like, he thinks that, like, the younger Stark children, you know, they, they were too young to be worth his notice, and, you know, John was sullen, and, like, you know, Rob, Rob, Theon is friends with, uh, Theon says that he has a certain affection for Rob, as for a younger brother, um, but but he but he doesn't really feel connected to any of the Starks. I, I I think Theon and Rob are closer friends in the TV show than they are in the books. Because like yeah, it's it's it is a very like sort of non-committal. You know, Theon has a certain affection for Rob as for a younger brother. Because I think the, yeah, Theon is like three or four years older than Rob in the books. So I guess there's a bit more distance there. But, you know, I, I just think, you know, it's such a shame that Theon is, like, so sort of, like, critical and distant from everyone in Winterfell. Um, and you can compare that to someone like Arya. Because, like, Arya Stark is someone who also feels very, um, very sort of, like, disconnected from, like, people. She also feels like an outsider. But Arya is really good at, like, making friends with lots of different kinds of people, like Micah, you know? Like, she hangs out with lots of common people and she, like, you know, connects with lots of different people. Um, and, you know, I guess Theon does have a bit of that. Like, Theon does, you know, they often describe Theon, like, talking and joking with, like, the soldiers and the guards and stuff. Um, but, you know, I, I, I don't know if any of those, like, if he makes many, like, lasting connections there. Whereas is like, quite good at, like, hanging out with lots of different kinds of people. Um... And so blah blah blah, and so, and so we have more more talk of forgetting and and forgiving and memory. I, I think George R. R. Martin as a writer is like really obsessed with memory. Like he's always going on about like songs are often a sort of metaphor for memory and like dreams and and, and like very often his characters are like you know constantly you know, reminiscing about some, some other pastime or some lost love or like, you know, e even just like thematically and magically, there's, you know, some, some old magical time that's slowly being lost. George Martin's all, all about memory. Um, and so Theon thinks about the journey to Pike and he hung out with Patrick Malister, uh, who was sort of a mate, but they didn't get to hang out with the Malisters for long because uh, the Malisters are not big fans of Ironborn, because the Malisters live at Seaguard, and the reason why Seaguard is called Seaguard is because it's like a defense against Ironborn, who are like constantly attacking uh, the Westerosi coast. Um, so like Theon was like trying to make friends with this Patrick Malister guy, but the Malisters have this very old grudge against the Ironborn, who used to constantly attack their city. So that created like this uh, distance. Like the the Theon is alienated because of his culture. He also happens to be pretty obnoxious, but he's also he's also alienated for some some reasons that are outside of his control. Um and they talk about how Theon's brother Roderick was killed at Seaguard when uh when Roderick Greyjoy attacked Seaguard. Um 
back in the Greyjoy Rebellion, I suppose. Um, and uh, and still riding with Dampere, Aeron is not talking much, and they ride in a gloom of silence. Um, and Theon tries to, like, converse, but, like, Aeron just answers, like, all of his questions with just, like, these, like, stupid priestly platitudes. Uh, like, you know, Theon's like, oh, you know, Rob, so, so Rob is Lord of Winterfell now, like, what do you think about that? And Aeron just says, one wolf is much like the other. And then, you know, Theon's like, well, but, you know, there's new opportunities now because of the war with the Starks and stuff. It means a new day, uncle. And and Aeron says, every morning brings a new day, much like the old. So, like, Aeron is just not budging. He's just he's not giving Theon anything. Uh, Emily in the chat says that she finds Theon's resilience inspiring. And, and, and yeah, Theon, Theon, if nothing else, is extremely resilient. The fact that he's alive after all the shit that he goes through um, in dance is impressive. Um, and I think that, I think that is what, part of what's interesting about Theon. Like, it would have been easy to write a story about a character who is, like, totally likable and totally relatable and, like, totally a good guy who then suffers and then becomes this, like, resilient figure. But, but, like, the fact that we start with a character who's quite dislikable and then through his suffering we come to care about him, I think that's, like, a, like, like a more interesting sort of way to approach it, perhaps, as a character. Um... And, uh, and Dampere claims that the comet is a sign from the drowned god that we're going to go forth and attack Westeros again. So, like, once again, everyone's going on about, um, taking over shit. Um, and, and, and Theon says, I could not agree more. And Dampere says, a man agrees with God as a raindrop with the storm. So he's, like, being very, like, godly, but he's also saying your opinion don't mean shit. And Theon's like, ooh, this raindrop will be a king one day, old man. So Theon is still, like, totally sticking to his guns. He thinks he's going to be top shit, but uh, it's not going to work out. Um, and he talks about, you know, the Greyjoy Rebellion and the war and his resentment for Robert Baratheon. Um, and, you know, Theon comes home at last to Pike, but all the common people look at him with strangers' arms. And, uh, and there are some slaves staring at him with dull eyes. And, and there's dogs and some kids running around. But Theon thinks that it's a bleak and bitter homecoming. Which is basically like the... the, the you, could, you could use that line to sum up this entire chapter. It's a bleak and bitter homecoming. Um, and so Aeron drops him off at Pike and he's like, all right, I'm fucking off now. And Theon's like, what? You're not going to like come and have a family dinner now that the nephew's home? And, and the uncle's just like, nah, you know, I was told to bring you and I brought you. Now I return to our God's business. Uh, you know, he's probably got some seaweed to braid into his hair. Uh, and so then a common woman, a servant comes and takes Theon to a room. And so Theon's like, oh, so you do know who I am. Um, it, it is the lamest thing in the world. Like, the, the most obnoxious sentence in the English language is, do you know who I am? Like, for so many reasons. Like, like, like because, you know, for, I mean, for, I mean it's, it's incredibly obnoxious. But also, if you have to say that, if you have to say, do you know who I am, you've already lost. <laughs> like, they already don't. There's, there's, no, there's no win condition from saying, do you know who I am? Um, but yeah, that's what Theon does. Um, and he feels like everyone's treated him coldly. And he asks about some of the people he used to know. He asks about Maester Quaylen, and he asks about Silas the Steward, and both of them are dead. So, like, this place has changed since he's been here last. It's as if I were a stranger. 
Um, and this is not how he imagined his homecoming. Um, and he's taken to some to a chilly room in the bloody keep where some river king, r- river lord sons were once slaughtered, which is not like a great omen. Like he's living in like a murder hotel is basically what's happening. Like he's staying in a room where people used to be killed. Um, but but uh, but uh, he does not fear ghosts. He mentions it's mostly just the discomfort of the room because it's full of mildew and it's musty and it's damp. Um, and I think it's interesting that Theon mentions fear of ghosts because Theon later in A Dance with Dragons becomes uh, the ghost of Winterfell, right? So I-, I think that might be a little bit of subtle foreshadowing of what Theon is going to become. And, and so Theon's like, oh, this room's so uncomfortable. Like, bring me some hot water, bring a fire, like, change these rushes. You know, just after Theon was saying that, oh, you know, there's no comfort on the Iron Islands. This is for hard men. But, like, he clearly is not is not that hard. Um, and then he dresses up in his finest clothes in soft lambswool breeches and a gold chain and supple black leather. All these comfortable, pretty clothes. Um, and gloves, silk gloves decorated with delicate scrollwork tracery. Like, this is so not Ironborn. And he crosses the, like, terrifying rope bridge to go to the sea tower where his father Balon is staying, and he, and he curses when a splinter snags the fabric of his silk glove. Like, Theon is so out of place here. Um, and, uh, and he barges through into his father's uh, room, and he sees his dad for the first time in ten years. Um, and Balon looks gaunt and shrunken and old. He's bone thin and bone hard. Like, this is a real ironborn, this guy. Um, and, uh, and, and yeah, Balon's hair goes down to the small of his back. And I also, like, Balon cannot smell good. He's wearing, like, a seal leather thing over his whole body. Um, and Balon just says, like, Balon doesn't say hello. He doesn't say, oh, my dear boy, like, let's, let's hang out. He says... Nine years, is it? A boy they took. What are you now? And Theon says, I'm a man. I'm your blood and your heir. And Balon grunts and says, we shall see. Uh, Theon's been gone for ten years, and so Balon comments that Stark had you as long as I, and now you come as his envoy. Um... And Balon reflects that that uh, Ned Stark and Robert Baratheon were the ones who came and broke Balon's castle. Uh, and Balon said he vowed that he would live to see them both in their graves, and he has. So, like, winner, winner, chicken dinner. Like, Balon has outlived the, the, the people who attacked him. And indeed, Balon outlives most of the Five Kings in the War of the Five Kings. So, so Balon does kind of outlast and out-survive a lot of others, because that's what Ironborn do. They get beaten down, but they survive. Um... Uh, at least for a while. Um, and so Balon looks on all of Theon's velvets and silks and says, Did it please Ned Stark to dress you up and make you his own sweet daughter? Um, because, of course, all these fine clothes are not the ironborn way. Um, and Balon asks about Theon's jewellery and says, Was it paid for with gold or iron? Because the ironborn are meant to take their... They're meant to pay the iron price to get that sort of thing. They're meant to take it off the corpses of enemies that they slew. Uh, but Theon bought it. So, um, so, so Balon is constantly criticizing Theon and saying, ooh, you blush red as a maid. Um, you're dressing yourself like a whore. It's always nice when a father, uh, you know, uh, attacks their son's masculinity like that. 
call him a fucking fag. Like, that's basically what Balon is doing to Theon right now, saying, you ain't shit, you're not a real man, you're just dressed up as this pretty southern Greenlander, and he doesn't approve uh, of the person Theon seems to have become. Uh, the Greenlands have made you soft, the Starks have made you theirs. And it's funny because, like, you know, again, like, what Theon wanted was to be a Stark, um, but he felt like he wasn't made a Stark, and that's why he's here trying to be an Ironborn, but the Ironborn won't accept him, so he's stuck between a rock and a hard place. Um, and Theon says, you're wrong. Ned Stark was my jailer, but my blood is salt and iron, which is just so not true. He's not, he's, he's not a tough, hard Ironborn. Um, and so Theon delivers this letter that Rob that Rob wrote that says that the Iron Islands can be their own independent kingdom if they ally with the Starks. Um, but, but Balon rabbits on more about like Theon's brothers, Roderick and Marin, who were killed, um, and he criticizes his relationship with Rob Stark. Um, and Theon's like, nah, you know, Roderick and Marin are my real brothers. Um, but but internally, he's he's just remembering Roderick and Marin's drunken cuffs and cruel japes. So it, se- it seems like Theon's brothers were assholes, but like he sort of pretends that, you know, they are his real family. Um, and Theon's like, this plan is going to be great. Like this offer that Rob Stark has made, it's going to be amazing. We're going to be an independent kingdom. We can attack the Lannisters. We'll help the Starks attack the Lannisters. And then the Starks will let us have the Lannister lands. And so Theon's saying that I'll I'll lead the attack. I'll go, you know, lead the Ironborn fleets to attack the Westerlands. And what I ask is that I want Casterly Rock. He's saying that I'm going to be uh, the king of the Ironborn. I'm going to live at Casterly Rock, the the biggest and richest of the castles in Westeros, just about. um, And it's going to be great. But uh, Balon does not agree with this plan. Um, because he doesn't want, he doesn't want someone to give him a crown. He doesn't want to receive a crown from a starkling king. He wants to take a crown because he's ironborn and they take what's theirs. They pay the iron price. And Theon's like, are you crazy? Like, what are you suggesting? And Balon hits his son across the cheek and says, mind your tongue. I am the Lord Reaper of Pike. I am King of Salt and Rock. I will take my crown as Euron Redhand did 5,000 years ago. Go, idealized past, make the Iron Islands great again. We will carve out a kingdom with fire and sword. And and Rob, and, and Theon's like, what are you what, what are you talking about? What what are you saying? Um, and Balon's like, we're not going to attack the Westlands. We're not going to attack. Uh, we're not going to attack the Lannisters. We're going to attack dot 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 the North. So that's that's a big alteration to Theon's plans. Like, he, 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 he was trying to, like, go to the Greyjoys instead of the Starks, but he was not at this point planning to betray the Starks. He, he, he was going to ally with his friend Rob Stark, and he was going to take Casterly Rock, the, the, one of the richest and most comfortable and powerful castles in Westeros, uh, and he was going to win the approval of his father, and he was going to be king, and he was going to have all, all the party times he ever wanted, and everything was going to be great. But uh, things are not going that way. Theon is now being forced to choose. He can't have his cake and eat it too. He can't ally with Rob and uh, attack uh, and be part of the Ironborn. He has to choose between one or the other. Does he betray Rob and attack the North? Or does he reject his family, the Greyjoys, and return to the North? And um, 
Spoiler, he chooses the Greyjoys, and spoiler, it does not end well. All right, so that was the first ever Theon chapter. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, we got a lot more insight into who Theon is as a person. Up till now, he's we haven't known much about what's going on in his head, but I think we get a, got a much better understanding of like what all his resentments are and how he feels estranged from his two families and how all of his sort of obnoxiousness and rudeness and unpleasantness, you know, his desire to feel superior, like like he, he I think all of that is to compensate for feeling like he's not part of a family and he ain't shit and so that's why he does what he does and now he's 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 entering this this period where he's about to make his this this pivotal decision between squids and starks between greyjoys and and the north and um it's all downhill from here <laughs> all right uh so thank you for participating um there was a hiccup in the live stream um so uh, if if you missed stuff, we're going to upload the full audio track to the podcast. Click the link at the top of the video description on YouTube uh, to subscribe to the podcast. I, I, I think it is a much better way to listen uh, as an audio feed on the podcast instead of on YouTube. So uh, do subscribe. And again, we might rename the podcast. We might change it from... Uh, a cock abridged to just Game of Thrones abridged because people actually know what that means. So that means we'll continue the numbering from the first book. Um, we also might upload like the 80 episodes of like book one onto the podcast feed. So if anything weird happens to the podcast feed, that'll be why. But anyway, uh, thank you all. Uh, thank you to everyone in the chat. Thank you, Emily, Alex, Brinks, Schubert, Number 9, Rebel Girl, Shiera, and everyone else. Uh, and we'll do another episode uh, in the future. Cheers. Have a good one. Uh, bye-bye.